It is indeed good to have you here on Easter Sunday. It has been our custom here at Eastside Church on Easter Sunday to be able to do something that we haven't done for two years now, because a year ago we were all quarantined on Easter. But now look, you're here, mask up and beautiful, all right? So here's, here's the reality. Um, Christ is still risen. So here's our custom. I'm going to say Christ is risen. You're going to respond from all the joy that you have that you're able to worship with other people on Easter Sunday. He is risen indeed. All right? So my line is Christ is risen. Yours is He is risen indeed. We got it? Oh, and by the way, there are people watching from India today and Africa, and you need to really be loud so that they can hear you, all right? Because, I mean, after all, it wouldn't actually go through the PA system and the cameras and all of that. They just really want to hear you, all right? So I'm going to say, Christ is risen. Oh, now, come on, that guy like halfway across the Atlantic. Let's try it again, all right? All right, Christ is risen. There you go. We are so excited because Christ is risen, and that's why we're here today. But I have to let you know that as I was preparing for this week, I, I, uh, I ran across something, okay? Uh, it, it's pretty disturbing. It's in the Easter story. There is a, there is a lie in the Easter story. That's right. There is. It's a lie that, that, quite honestly, we need to settle and find the truth for. And so I'm going to read you the Easter story from Luke chapter 24. And as I read it, I want to encourage you to listen for the lie, because the lie is in there, all right? So here we go, Luke chapter 24. I'm going to start with verse 1. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves, and he went home, marveling at what had happened. Did you hear the lie? I, I read it for you. It's a lie that, that has been told ever since the first Easter. It's a lie that, that gets told every day of every year for over 2,000 years since that first Easter. It, it's a lie that the apostles themselves believed 
on that day. D did you hear it? When the women came back from seeing an empty tomb, then the disciples, I mean, the guys who had spent three years with Jesus face to face, I mean, they had been His disciples. They, they lived, as the first century people would say in the Jewish nation, in the dust of the rabbi. So close to Jesus that when He walked and kicked up dust, it settled on them. They were that close to Him. And yet they believed the lie. The lie was that, that this is just an idle tale. That Jesus wasn't really resurrected. I mean, think about it. Jesus had told them what was going to happen less than 72 hours earlier. He had said to them, hey, look, I'm going to die on a cross. My body is going to represent you. I'm, 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 going to, I'm going to let my blood be poured out to forgive your sins. And, and they had been told. In fact, in the Gospel of Luke, five different times Jesus tells them, look, I'm going to die. I'm going to be crucified. And on the third day, I'm going to rise. And when that day comes, when the women go to the tomb and they come back to the very people who had been told by the very Son of God face to face without any question, I'm going to die and be resurrected. When they, when they tell the story, they think it's a lie. See, that's the real lie. The lie is that Easter doesn't matter. The lie is that Easter is, is just about eggs and hunts and food and family and clothes and a day off work. <laughs> but Easter's about a whole lot more than that. You see, this is not an idle tale. This is, this is what's real. And in fact, in that verse where, where Luke tells us that, that the women told the disciples that Jesus was alive. And the disciples said, well, that's just an idle tale. That, that phrase that's translated idle tale, it, it comes from a, a Greek word that was used in the everyday language for people who were delirious with pain, Pe people who were out of their mind because of their suffering. Do we not know a little bit about that after the last year? Do we as people of God not understand that, that in, the, in the pandemic, there's been a lot of pain? There's been the pain of, of the suffering from the virus. There's been the pain for, for many of you who've, who've not been able to grieve loved ones that have died in this last year. There's been the pain of, of recognizing and dealing with the racial and social injustices in our world. There's, there's, there's pain in the economy. There's pain in the loss of business. There's pain in the loss of jobs. And the temptation, the temptation is to just say, well, that's, that's just idle tale. But it's not an idle tale. In fact, they also use that word to talk about people who are not even in touch with reality. You know, pe people who just, who are just, you know, not quite all there. As, uh, as my brother Kevin used to say, they're about three fries short of a happy meal, you know. They're just not all there. That, that's, that's the idle tale, <laughs> the idle tale. And, and yet, Easter's not an idle tale. But in this story, 
In this story that Luke records for us, we discover the difference between the real hope of Easter and the idle tale. Because you see, the idle tale meets our expectations. An idle tale is something that, that we can kind of create out of our, out of our own world. We, we, can, we can make stuff up. We, as human beings, we're creative. We, we can create things, and, and, yet, and yet our idle tales will meet our expectations. But, but the hope of Easter, the Easter hope, it, it always exceeds our expectations. He said, what are you talking about, Pastor? Well, listen to that part of the story again. In verse 1, on the first day of the week, at early dawn, when they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. Do you, do you get that? These women who were on their way to what was an empty tomb didn't know it was empty. They weren't going there expecting Jesus to be resurrected. Even though Jesus had told them five times, hey, I'm going to rise from the dead. They didn't comprehend it. They got what they expected, they thought. When you fight against Rome, Rome squashes you, and you die. That's what happened to others. That's what happened to Jesus. And so they go expecting a body. They go expecting the idle tale. Because the fact is, the idle tale in this story is not that Jesus is alive. The idle tale is that death can keep the Son of God down. The idle tale meets our expectations. But, but the hope of Easter, now the hope of Easter goes far beyond our expectations. Look at it. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel, and as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, I love this question, why do you seek the living among the dead? He's not here, but alive. My friends, Easter hope is about life. It's about finding life in Jesus Christ who has conquered your sin, my sin, the sins of the world, conquered death itself, and offers eternal life to anyone who will believe in Him. That is beyond our expectations. See, we expect to be held accountable for our failure. We expect to be able to create our own hope. We expect to do better together. Can I tell you something? We are better together, but we are best when we're with Jesus. We are better together, but we are best when we are with Jesus. And on Easter, the Easter hope is not that we can create an opportunity for everybody to remember the story. No, the, the greatest hope of Easter is that we can introduce everybody to the one who is risen Lord, to Jesus Christ, the one and only Son of God. Don't settle for your expectations. Don't settle for the idle tale. Instead, understand that that there's, there's a bigger reality. See, idle tales, idle tales have no basis in the ultimate reality. But Easter hope reveals the greater reality. Those of you who've known me for a while know that, that there's, a, there's an old song that I grew up singing. And, and I can't shake it out of my mind. I can't shake it out of my soul. Now, we don't sing it much in the church anymore because, quite honestly, the, the rhythms are just not—they're not rhythms that people from our generation sing very much anymore. But the lyric is, is extremely powerful. You see, the lyric goes like this, have we any hope within us of a life beyond the grave? 
in that fair and vernal land, vernal just means green and luscious, in that fair and vernal land, do we know that when our earthly house, that, that's our body, by death shall be dissolved? We have a house not made with hands. We have a hope within our soul, brighter than the perfect day. God has given us His Spirit, and He wants the world to hear it. All our doubts are passed away. See, when, when these women were asked that powerful question, why do you seek the living among the dead? They were being asked the same question you and I are asked every day of our life, and particularly on Easter. Are we really willing to engage the ultimate reality that there is a kingdom of God and that Jesus died and was, was risen from the dead in order to establish that kingdom? And that taught us to pray that His kingdom would come, His will would be done here on earth right now as it is in heaven. See, that's the ultimate reality. That's the Easter hope. That's not our, our own realistic expectations. No, no. Idle tales, they settle. Idle tales settle for what human beings can create. But Easter hope, Easter hope lets us know that there is life beyond a grave. Easter hope lets us know that Jesus can forgive us. Jesus can heal us. Jesus can change us. He can make us brand new every day, all the time, even you. Whether you're in this room or whether you're in the chat rooms and listening to us online or, or whether you're watching this later on on demand, the message is still the same. Idle tales have no basis in the ultimate reality. They have their basis in what we can see and touch and feel, but not in what we will experience forever. You see, Easter hope is not an idle tale. I mean, look at it again. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified on the third day and rise? I love this part. They remembered his words. They remembered his words. These women remembered his words. Anytime you get a little confused when you see the masculine pronouns in this passage, ladies, don't, don't misunderstand. These women were in the same place as these men when they heard Jesus say these words. When, when, when they heard Jesus say, I'm going to die, but I'm going to be resurrected. When they heard Jesus say, I'm going to offer you salvation. See, those are the words we sang a few moments ago. Jesus saves. In fact, His very name, for those of you who were with us Thursday night on our Monday Thursday live stream, and our friend Amer Olson from Jews for Jesus reminded us that, that in Hebrew, the name Jesus is Yeshua. And it simply means, you know this if you remember the Christmas story, it means He saves. See, the message of Easter is not an idle tale. Idle tales settle for the human reality that we can create. But the reality of Easter, the hope of Easter is this new reality that says, you know what? There is a God 
and he has a son, and he sent that son for you. No matter who you are, no matter what language you speak, no matter what color your skin is, no matter where you were born, no matter what your educational level, no matter who you think you are, that God wouldn't love you. You are loved by God. And that's the message of Easter. And they remembered that they were there. And so returning from the tomb, they gather the 11 apostles. Peter, James, John, Bartholomew, Thomas, Philip. They gather the guys together. And the ladies say to them, hey, look, we just went expecting our reality. And we found the reality of God this Easter. Are you willing to find the reality of God? Are you willing to believe that that Jesus Christ really did die on a cross for you? That Jesus really did, really did come out of that tomb? That Jesus really is the Savior for the world? And by the way, you're a part of the world, and that He loves you. Are you willing to believe that your life can be changed? You see, that's the Jesus of Easter. Or are you going to be like the guys that everybody in the world thought were closest to Jesus, who did not believe the truth of what was told to them? that did not believe, that thought this was just an idle tale. See, if you're here today, if you're online with us, if you hear this at any point in time, I just, I just want you to know that there is truth in Easter. It's not an idle tale. And you can believe what these women saw absolutely happened. And because it happened, you can absolutely have a brand new life. It can change you, not in some pie-in-the-sky future, but today, right now. See, that's, that's why it's important for us to know that that hope we have within us is an authentic hope. That, that's why Ariana said earlier, you know, Easter is, is the is the second best day ever so far. The best day so far. Why? Because we're expecting Him to come back. Trust me, the day he comes back, that's going to be a whole lot better than Easter. That's going to be an awesome day when Jesus shows up. For some of you who are younger, just let me tell you a story. Some of you who are older, you'll remember the story. Some of you, if you're old enough to remember 1999, okay? Some of you are going, oh, pastor, that was just like yesterday. Well, no. Some of you weren't alive in 1999, But for those of you who were, do you remember how worried and scared the world was about Y2K? Do you remember this? I, I, had, I had people in this church who were calling me and coming to talk to me to say, hey, pastor, we need to put trucks out in the parking lot filled with water and food goods because these computers are all going to crash. But the one that got me, the, 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 the one that just put me over the edge was the group of Christian people who put a webcam up in Jerusalem facing the Eastern Gate so that they could see Jesus when He showed up on Y2K through the internet and the whole world would know. Hey, Frank, can I tell you something? When Jesus shows up, you will not need to Google it. 
There won't be anyone going, what was that? When Jesus comes back, that's when we understand the Easter hope is the new reality. And the new reality changes our life forever. But idle tales, they make no difference in the world. Idle, idle tales, they just keep placating us. They just keep us busy arguing with each other and hurting each other and divided from each other. But Easter hope, Easter hope changes lives so that those lives change the world. You say, Pastor, what do you mean? Well, look, look who went to see. But Peter rose, even though he didn't believe, he was with the 11. It wasn't like 10 plus Peter, you know, no, no, it was, Peter was part of the 11. Peter rose and ran to the tomb, and stooping and looking in, he saw the linen cloths by themselves, and he went home, marveling at what had happened. Marveling at what had happened. See, suddenly the Easter reality began to be real, but Peter wasn't still, still wasn't quite there yet. In fact, Luke tells us later on in this chapter that Jesus himself, not just these angels, but Jesus himself appeared to several of his disciples and calls out, and specifically to Peter. And, and John, the beloved disciple, tells us in the last chapter of his gospel about that encounter between Peter and Jesus. Because see, Peter, Peter walked away from the tomb that was empty, marveling because, because he's like, wow. Maybe, maybe it's true. Maybe that's where you are today. You're listening to me talk. You're thinking about Easter. Well, well maybe, maybe it's not an idle tale. Maybe it's really true. But you know when Peter really knew it was going to be true for Peter? Was when Jesus talked to him face to face. You can find the story in John chapter 21 where, where they have this encounter. And, and Jesus looks at Peter and three different times he says to Peter, hey, Peter, do you love me more than this stuff? Peter, do you love me more than? And by the third time, Peter's like indignant. Lord, I've told you I love you. <laughs> yeah, but remember, three different times you told somebody you didn't even know who I was on the day that I was crucified. It, it's no coincidence that Jesus asked Peter three times. And it's no coincidence that it took Peter a while to figure out that the hope of Easter is real. How long is it going to take you to find out? How long is it going to take you to choose? Not to believe that Easter is an idle tale, but to understand that the hope of Easter is truth. And that Jesus came for you. The resurrection of Jesus is so that your life can be resurrected. The resurrection of Jesus is so that you can be a person who believes in Him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. That you can learn to love your neighbor as yourself. That you can be forgiven, that you can be healed. See, it doesn't matter what you've done or where you've been or who you've done it with or who you've been with. Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ died to forgive you, to heal you, to restore you. And he was resurrected on the third day so you would know exactly what Peter felt when he finally got it. 
Jesus holds no grudges. Jesus, Jesus forgives your sin, and God removes them as far as the east is from the west and throws them into a sea of forgetfulness. But in order to experience that forgiveness, in order to be made brand new, in order to be resurrected, you've got to stop believing the lie that Easter's just an idle tale and embrace the reality that Jesus is alive. He is risen. He is risen indeed, not just for the world, but for you. Not just in theory, but in fact. Not, not just because somebody said so, but because you have experienced Him. Now, if you're listening to me right now, and you've not crossed the line of faith, if you've not been able to say in your own heart, hey, Jesus, I'm giving you everything I've got then I don't care whether you're online, I don't care whether you're watching on Thursday at 2.30 in the afternoon on demand, or if you're sitting right here in this room right now. Whenever you hear these words, I know the Spirit of God is capable. I know that the Holy Spirit of God is already talking to you. You're not here by accident. You didn't log on to this by accident. God, God Himself designed for you to hear these words. Easter's true. Jesus is alive, and He loves you, and He wants to forgive you. He wants to resurrect you. The question is, will you let Him?